Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Butterfly Effect podcast. My name is Queen Shimoniak, and I welcome you to this week's episode. I hope all of you guys had an amazing week and you enjoyed my previous episode featuring Adrian Zuniga as he discusses his healing journey from depression, anxiety, and sexual assault. If you love and support my podcast, don't forget to share with your friends, family, and loved ones. And if you would love to keep up with me or even learn more about the topics that I discuss, you can follow me on my Instagram at the Butterfly Effect podcast underscore. And if you would love to ask me any questions, suggest any topics, or would even like to be a guest on any of the episodes in the future, you can email me at the Butterfly Effect pdct at gmail.com also if you'd like to make a small contribution for future episodes you can do that through my cash app which is in the description box so for this week's episode guys it is a topic that can be very triggering especially for some of you that are still in a toxic family environment so i want to preface this by saying i don't want you to feel pressured to listen all the way through If you feel a sense of discomfort, assess how you feel and take a moment to have some emotional release and continue listening when you are ready because I want you to feel comfortable and I don't want to trigger any emotions or open up any wounds that you are not ready to unpack at this moment. So without further ado, let's get started. Oh my goodness, guys. Hello. It has been a while since I have come on here and talked to you guys one-on-one. And I'm super happy to kind of be sitting down with you and having this like intimate moment kind of conversation with you because this topic um, is one that should not be taken lightly. And as much as I do want to bring on uh, people to talk about their toxic family environments, I do want to first lay down the foundation of why it's very important to recognize when you are in a toxic family environment currently and to reassess how your childhood was in order to heal from those, you know, childhood wounds because family is such an important aspect in every culture and it has this huge emphasis because it plays a vital role in multiple facets of our lives you know it's not only the foundation of our morals values and beliefs and even the development of our personality but it's also it makes a huge emphasis on the importance of kinship and family roles gender roles and it's also the first encounter that we all have to love care and support and when we don't receive that 
proper support and quality care, it can really not only cause issues in adulthood with attachment and how we show love, but we can potentially mimic the behaviors that we have become conditioned to in childhood that now we are now doing in adulthood. So before I also get into this topic, I want to thank one of you guys, one of you amazing listeners that reached out to me on Instagram and suggested this topic. I originally had this planned um, later down the line, but decided to do it now because I think it's a very important topic to talk about. So thank you very much, my dear, for reaching out to me. And I hope that you enjoy this topic and it provides a lot of important information for you to approach your healing journey in the best way possible. So let's break down this idea of family. Like why is the word so important? Why is it um, this huge thing in our societies? Regardless of what culture you come from, family seems to be the central role and the central foundation of the culture itself. And as much as people affect culture, culture affects people in return. And family itself is a social construct and it has various meanings um, widely across different parts of the world and the dynamic of the family is very different. However, there are vital lessons and experiences that we encounter in our family environment. And the word itself, some of you might uh, not feel comfortable with the word because it's attached to a lot of bad memories and it's the main source of your trauma. And because, you know, they're your biological family and just to preface this now, I am highlighting um, your biological family. I'm not talking about the family um, connection, type of connection that you build with um, friends or people that you meet along the way. I am talking about your biological family, people that you're blood related to. So because your biological family plays a vital role, you feel like you can't actually get away from these people because they have done so much to be a part of your life and they have so much access to you and almost hold a level of expectation and control in your life to the point where you feel like you are obligated to do certain things because, well, you're related and stuff like that. But across the world in various societies, there is a level of expectation when it comes to what a family is supposed to look like and where the members within that family group is supposed to do and act. And this is why I mentioned, you know, how family is the core of in, of understanding this connection between kinship and community and establishing these gender roles or family roles. And all of these things contribute to your experiences. And based on your experiences, there comes a time where you get to a certain point in your life where your family members did you realize that your family members did not meet up to your own expectations, attend to your needs, and you are now left feeling like you are more lost in the world or feel disconnected from yourself or even feel as though you are completely unprepared for life because you look back and you realize that your family members actually did more harm than good. And, you know, like I said, family's supposed to be this foundation of love and care. At least that's what is idealized and something that is highly emphasized in our in any culture. But what hap but unfortunately, as much as we are supposed to receive quality care, that's not always the case. 
So how do we even end up in these toxic family environments? Why are family members toxic in the first place? And, you know, people are not robots. They are not, you know, they can't, they're not pre-programmed and they just malfunction. They weren't hotwired correctly to the point where they just act out in a certain way and exhibit certain behaviors. Rather, as your family members are simply products of their environment and experiences because that's exactly what we as humans are. The reason why family is so important is because we mimic their behaviors. We learn from each other and we are a product of the people that we are surrounded by. And that's kind of how you had to think about your family members, whomever it was that caused the level of trauma is that whether you're someone's daughter, son, aunt, uncle, um, or whatever, grandchild, you have to realize that you came into your parents' life or your grandparents' life or your aunt's uncle's life in the middle of their journey. And they were dealing with their own set of challenges and hardships, trials, tribulations, and traumas that were never really addressed. And they were dealing with these own set of challenges because you were placed into their world. And by whatever age they had you or you entered their life, the things they experienced negatively impacted and shaped the way they are now. And this happens in a variety of different ways. One way is that they were negatively reinforced by other toxic people. Another could be that they attracted other toxic people or situations where those people endorsed their behavior, meaning they never called them out on their toxicity because they themselves were toxic as well. So they almost in turn embraced the toxicity and attached it to almost like their personality in a way. Another way is that they adapted to their environment as a survival mechanism. So if you could think about your um, your parents and you think about their childhood and who were they raised by because they were raised a certain way they had to appease the person that was you know inflicting the trauma inflicting the stress on them to the point where they now internalized how they were feeling and used it as a survival mechanism so they now don't know how to differentiate who they really are from who they had to um be to appease another person and the other way could be that they entered a state of denial where they don't want to admit or face their traumas that they've been through. And this could be for a variety of different reasons. Most of the time, it's because depending on the time period, trauma was not something that was talked about. And mental health is now something that is becoming the forefront of our society and now something that is a huge talking point and a discussion because it's a huge emphasis to talk about mental health now. But in my mom's era or in my grandparents' era, talking about trauma, talking about mental health was almost like how people treated, you know, how they believed in ghosts. Like they didn't think that it was a real thing. They just felt they had a different mentality. So you have to recognize that Yes, your family members went through and were still going through their own issues and you kind of arrived in their life um, in the middle of them trying to deal with their issues. But again, like they were in different environments, dealt with other toxic individuals or situations that 
reshaped their way of thinking, but they lived in different time periods and they were faced with different societal challenges. And for some of you that maybe live in different countries, you know, they could have been experiencing war or displacement, being separated from their loved ones. They were dealing with other types of trauma that contributed to them rethinking the way that they see the world around them and interact with people as well. And when they never get a chance to unpack that, they then in turn um, pass on that behavior and the way that they act and see the world around them onto you. And again, trauma comes in many forms and it evolves more and more regardless of the time period, regardless of who it is, their age. It evolves as much as we evolve. So I don't want you to think of these as excuses for their behavior, but I think it's very important to note that we as human beings are very powerful. Our thoughts and our experiences are very powerful. And the way that our brains process these experiences and assess the situations is how these psychological changes even occur in the first place and why um, it's doing that in order to avoid being placed in more trauma. But unfortunately, as I mentioned, because they act a certain way, we can in turn mimic or project um, issues onto another person. Hence why some of you may have mother or father wounds or have family members that made you feel uncomfortable, unloved, or treated poorly. So I made this huge emphasis about people and how we're all dealing with our own things, but I also want to mention that culture plays a huge role in the family dynamic. And the reason why I want to highlight this is so that you can understand and unpack your trauma in a way that makes sense to you and understand how culture plays a huge role. So there are two main categories for different types of cultures. And this is where that anthropologist side of me is kind of going to throw out some little things for you but it's to help you understand and to help you understand what category you're in so that way you can unpack your trauma and unpack this topic in a particular way so there is um two distinctive categories of culture there's an individualistic and collectivistic culture so what do these mean and what is the difference and how does this even contribute to family issues and toxic family environments and your own personality well first individualistic cultures embraces uniqueness like if i were to talk about the characteristic it embraces uniqueness autonomy it celebrates and emphasizes the idea of independence and self-sufficiency and in individualistic cultures those that have been born into that are um motivated by personal rewards and benefits and they are set up to make up personal goals and objectives based on themselves and they are very comfortable working by themselves rather than being part of a group and a lot of individualistic cultures would be like the u.s or a lot of other anglo-saxon countries um places in europe all these places highlight this idea of being an individual and when you are born in a culture like that you might have trouble um feeling like you can depend on somebody so if you're part of a family environment that has pushed you to be on your own you might feel a sense of anxiety because you're not ready to be on your own and you when you vocalize how you feel or you vocalize you need help you are then criticized for that and that is like a um 
negative uh, aspect that can contribute to certain families and how you are as an adult. Now, the other one is called collectivistic. Collectivistic cultures um, focus on promoting selflessness, working as a group, doing what's best for the society and the family. And the idea of community plays a huge role in that. And a collectivistic culture is primarily motivated by the group goals. And long-term relationships are so important. And the people within that type of society or in that culture are expected to easily sacrifice their own individual benefits or praise to recognize and honor the whole team's success or the whole like culture's success. And this kind of causes issues later because um, if you have parents from a collectivist culture, they may see the child's primary role as to being a contributor to the family unit rather than um, emphasizing to care about their individual goals. So they are expected to understand and act on a strong sense of responsibility towards their immediate and extended family and to their community as well. So the idea of self-worth or mental health or self-esteem are not terms that are commonly used and collectivistic cultures because the individual's wants and needs are not um, important, not as important as the family or community's needs. And both of them play a vital role in how your parents were raised because that's in turn of how you need to assess how you are um, thinking about your own needs and what you are doing. And both of these uh, n- one is not better than the other because they both bring forth, um, uh, you know, types of traumas, m- little mini things that reshape your personality. And it can contribute to the risk of abuse and maltreatment and neglect if the parent isn't doing things that will make the child feel safe and create an environment that's healthy for development in the first place. So I want to make that really big emphasis on um, on culture because, like I said, we affect culture, but culture affects us in return as well. And also to give you some examples of some collectivistic cultures, it would be places like um, a lot of Asian countries, places in Africa, Latin America, where family is the central role. And if you were to go and express that you are depressed or you feel suicidal or you need to take time out for your mental health. That is not something that is taken um, as seriously. And um, in return, you end up feeling like you are more lost and you don't have the support you need, even though the whole culture itself is built on the support of the community. But it's based on the group rather than each individual person. So now that I explained potential causes that can contribute to toxic families, I want you to take this moment, take a deep breath. You know, there was a lot of information I threw at you guys, but I want you to take a step back, find your center, find your grounding um, energy. And I want you to think back to your childhood. And while you do that, I want to outline some key signs that you may have experienced in your family environment or from a particular family member that can indicate that you were in a toxic family environment. The first one is that you were expected to meet unrealistic standards 
And I'm not talking about, you know, you had certain responsibilities like doing chores or watching your siblings. This is more like you had to do things in order to maintain a certain environment and to gain a certain type of approval to the point where all the responsibilities and things you had to do were um, you weren't able to fully be yourself and you were in a place where you felt like you were kept from having a healthy childhood environment. Some examples can be like you had to take on responsibilities such as like heavy chores or doing things that could um, that you weren't capable of doing. You had to provide emotional support to your um, as if you were a partner or another adult to your parents, meaning you were kind of like your parents' counselor and you had to appease their needs and basically be their um, ultimate support system because they heavily relied on you rather than letting you, rather than them dealing with their own issues. Another um, sign is that you were harshly criticized meaning your parents reprimanded you for these smallest and most almost insignificant things and made remarks to you that made you feel a sense of inferiority made you feel unwanted unloved and uncared for um and you know not everyone is perfect you know we, you know constructive criticism is good but to criticize a child for you know looking at the parent a certain way and they just lash out very um abruptly and almost take it too far that is um a huge indicator of being harshly criticized and some of you may have feel may feel conditioned to this type of behavior but recognize that there is a difference between you know being constructively criticized and very harsh criticism another example is that your basic needs were not met. And you're probably wondering, well, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by my basic needs? Well, according to the psychologist Abraham Manslow, he outlined this five-tier model about our basic needs that we all need as human beings. The first is psychological needs. So we need food. Oh, physiological. My bad. Physiological needs. Um, we need food and water and warmth and rest and shelter. The second is safety needs. So all of these, both of these are basic needs. Then we need psychological needs. So belongingness, feeling like we are loved, like we in our intimate relationships, our friends and our family. We also need our esteem needs, which is we need to feel a sense of accomplishment. And then we have our self-fulfillment needs, which is having this like self-actualization, meaning that we are achieving our full potential and being able to be creative and be a part of certain activities that feed that part of us to feel like we are doing our absolute best. So ask yourself, you know, did your parents provide you with your basic needs, with that, with the physiological need, that food, water, warmth, rest, security and safety, self of belongingness and love? helped you with your self-esteem, and made you feel like you were reaching your highest potential. And this is aside from, you know, living in um, low-income environments. This is where I want you to ask yourself if your parents gave you 
and attended to your needs to make sure you um were safe or did you feel like you had to work for your needs or you had to gain a certain amount of approval for your needs to be met were your parents withholding of any of these basic needs and making you almost beg for them another one another sign would be controlling parents and i'll be honest with you guys all of our parents are controlling in some way shape or form but there is a very toxic way that parents can be very controlling um one thing is that you may feel like your parents were so highly motivated to the point where they didn't allow you to grow on your own and fail to meet your basic needs because they were hindering your personal development meaning they weren't giving you time to know and understand what it means to establish personal space and give you that independence or there could be a possibility that maybe there is a family member that tried to control certain aspects of your life, including your relationships or career decisions. You know, maybe they felt like they controlled you to the point of setting certain expectations that you had to meet in order for them to support or to continue giving you love or continue giving you um, the funds that you need to be successful or to give you the safety that you need, the emotional support. All of these things can contribute to having a controlling parent. Another sign is that you did not feel love, compassion, or respect. And this could be in ways in which your um, family members mocked you or belittled your choices. They attacked um, very vulnerable parts of your personality or things that you are trying to work on or heal from. And they chipped away at your self-esteem. You know, they called you certain names and they pinpointed things that you were insecure about and they knew you were insecure about. It's almost like everything you would do, they would find a problem and they would nitpick at that to the point where you felt like as much as, you know, families joke around and, you know, we can joke to a certain extent. It gets to that point where you start overstepping boundaries is when you lose that feeling of love and compassion. Another one, um, another sign could be there is substance abuse evolved. So the signs that can suggest the type of of toxicity is that substance abuse was used to negatively affect the mood and behavior of your parents in order for them to act a certain way. Like there was a, um, there was emotional or physical violence that was a, that was a result of intoxication or um, drug abuse, or maybe this is a substance um, use that was hidden from outsiders and was never really discussed, but caused issues to where you had to come home and deal with that type of problem. That's another huge, huge sign of um, being in a toxic environment because that causes multiple layers of trauma um, that you yourself uh, try to um, don't know how to deal with it. So you end up almost being in a cycle of appeasing that um, trying to appease that person so that they don't um, hurt you or um, hurt anybody else within your family, whether that's brothers, sisters, siblings. Another sign is of course, abuse. And abuse can be physical, emotional, or verbal. So this can be anything from sexual gender, like gestures. Oh my God, guys, I cannot speak. <laughs> sexual gestures, inappropriate touching, 
uh, sexual comments about your body, name-calling, physical violence, sexual abuse or violence, um, harsh and extreme criticism about your body, and gaslighting. Another sign to look out for is dysfunctional households. So really think back and ask yourself, was the environment you were in dysfunctional? Meaning, did your parents, were they heavily um, influenced by the challenges and stressors that were outside of your household? Were they um, lashing out or causing a lot of chaos due to trouble in their other relationships? Were there health concerns or psychological concerns or even emotional distress that caused your parent to not um, give you that quality care and to almost neglect you in some way? Or were there financial difficulties that were um, related to the dysfunction of the household? This is a very important one to note because misery loves company. And when we become so conditioned to chaotic environments, as adults, we look for chaos or we attract chaos. And if it's not chaotic, if it's and we get chaos mixed up with being busy. Um, if you are in a relationship and you're constantly looking for drama or you're causing drama and you feel like that's without that drama, you don't feel safe. That is a huge sign that you had dealt with so many chaotic dysfunctional households and basically attached yourself to deal with that to the point where you expect that now in your own life so those are the eight signs of that you could have potentially been in a very toxic family environment but why is it important to think about these things what does it do to your mental health well, first and foremost, you could feel a sense of isolation or loneliness because you feel like you are not, um, like that 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 foundation of support was never there. So you feel like you're going through things on your own. Another one is that you develop a low self of self a low sense of self worth and self esteem. Another one is that you have um, there's patterns of troubled and dysfunctional relationships, which is kind of what I discussed about, you know, looking for chaos and getting so used to that type of chaos and that toxicity be- and you yourself become toxic in return. Um, having feelings of guilt and shame of worth and worthlessness, because as I mentioned, family is supposed to be the, the core foundation of how we develop every part of ourselves and when we are disconnected from that we feel as though we are go into a cycle of victimization and feeling as though we are worthless and we have no um role in the lives that we start to have on our own or the people we bring into our own space Another one is attachment issues. And if you want to know more about attachment theory, I do have an episode about that where I expand on each type of attachment and I do relate it to toxic family environments. Another one is post-traumatic stress disorder, which PTSD, meaning that whatever had happened in the past, you, your body because it fits defense mechanisms, will relive those experiences, especially if you are still living in that toxic family environment. If you are still around those people and they still have access to you and the things that you are doing, that causes more stress. 
And for some of you that are maybe older or you have children, it could cause issues in your parenting because if you don't unpack the stressors and the traumas that were inflicted on you in your childhood, that means that when you bring a child into this world, if you haven't addressed that, you will essentially be passing on those behaviors and the thing and that mindset onto your children as well, which is where you kind of run into that um, run into parenting issues. So now that we've talked about all these different things, now that we've talked about the types of um, the signs of um, toxic family environments and what it can do to your mental health, what can you do about it? What is the um, ways that we can heal from those type of wounds? The best thing that I could say is that you almost start doing the art of detachment and coming up with um, setting certain boundaries. And the art of detachment is basically you're keeping these people at an arm's length by setting those boundaries and you're advocating for yourself um, and learning how to stand up for yourself because you cannot fix everybody. You actually can't fix anybody at all if they don't want to be fixed. And the the harsh reality and kind of what brings up the sense of guilt and shame is that when you start healing, you kind of look back and you realize that the people that you do have some sort of love for or care for cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel and they're still stuck in their old ways. And this is very similar to kind of the story of the cave two cavemen that are in a cave and that's all that they know but one caveman leaves and realizes that there is a whole world outside of the cave that they that he was in so he tries to go back and tell the other caveman but the caveman doesn't want to leave and that's kind of how people are if they are fixated in their own world and they've become conditioned and when you try to go back to heal those people it can be a stressful and upsetting process to feel like you weren't able to help them and you weren't able to change or save them to grow with you and to rebuild relationships with you and I want to emphasize that you do not it's not your job to heal people it's not your job to heal everybody it's your job to heal you and your job to heal from your traumas and not pass it on and mimic those behaviors in your relationships or friendships or when you um, start to have a family of your own. Another thing is that you have to learn to say no and keep certain things to yourself and not share too much with people. And this kind of goes along with the type of boundaries that you want to establish and with whom and how because there might be a family member that you don't see often but you seem like is always in your business and you have to establish a certain boundary where if they were to cross that boundary you can advocate for yourself and say excuse me I don't like the way that you're um, acting I don't like the way that you're treating me and you can separate yourself you cannot talk to that person anymore all of this is up to you and what you feel like you need to do and I know all this is easier said than done because like I said your family and blood related um, your blood-related biological family have so much access to you, and they—it's especially depending on the culture that you live in—disrespecting a elder or your parents is 
like you're disrespecting the whole culture itself and you are putting yourself in a very vulnerable position to where you become so disconnected and uh, uh, like separated from the group or separated from the family unit. So saying no could be like you almost like asking to be um, judged, criticized and or worse. So know what changes you want to make and make those changes that you're comfortable with and don't take so much advice from people that do not know your family well, that do not know your cultural background. Do things and set up those boundaries with certain people for your own sake and your own, on your own time. And that kind of leads into, you know, when you start getting older and your parents are calling you or they want to spend time with you, do things on your own time. If you're not comfortable with a certain family member, you know, be clear and direct. Don't be afraid to seek support from people that can help you um, heal from those types of wounds. And learning the difference between distancing yourself and cutting someone off completely. And, you know, it's not okay to try to heal from these type of things because it like I said it it's triggering it brings a lot of um a lot of y'all's trauma is from family and you kind of feel as though you do not know how to relate to other people or to even start a family of your own because you're still trying to heal from those issues and I want to let you guys know to take your time and to be patient with yourself and do not fall into a sense of guilt when you did not when you feel like you wanted to help everybody it's more important at this very moment to help yourself and to if you feel like you want to to go back and help or try to help the people that you're surrounded by but you know choose your own method for um being having someone in your life and especially for those of you that maybe have experienced physical sexual abuse from somebody um or violence i want to let you know that it's okay to cut somebody off you don't have to feel obligated to have them in your life they don't need to be in your life especially if they continuously keep doing things that is not contributing positively to your life and that is actually when you cut somebody off if their behavior has not changed if they are not um what is it called if they're not um respecting your boundaries if they're not um if they're still harshly criticizing you if they're still abusing you cut those people off cut them off in your own way and move forward because we cannot spend our lives Focusing on other people and having other people dictate who we are and control us when we ourselves are trying to understand who we are and heal from those wounds. The wounds that you have do not need to be getting bigger and you deserve healing, quality care, and support from people that genuinely care about you. All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. This episode will be coming out the day after Thanksgiving, so I just want to tell you all in advance, happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you spent it with people that genuinely love and care for you, as well as support you in your dreams, your aspiration, and goals. 
I hope that this episode served as an inspiration and it was informative for you to approach your um, childhood wounds in a different way and help you walk through that part of your healing journey. If you want to learn more about toxic families, I highly suggest the episodes that I've put out prior highlighting mother and father wounds. Those also go in depth about understanding where your parents came from and how some of those type of wounds can contribute to your mental health journey, as well as I suggest the attachment theory one that I have produced as well. I also want to express my gratitude to all of you guys. I'm extremely thankful for the amount of support that you guys have been giving my podcast and all of the lovely messages you've been sending me on Instagram. It really does warm my heart to know that the episodes I put out really do inspire all of you and have saved you in situations where you felt unsafe and vulnerable. I send lots of love your way and I hope that you have an amazing week, amazing weekend. Sending lots of love all the way from Texas and I will see you in the next episode.